listeners in 16 countries and five continents. Sustainable, the podcast brings you inspirational interviews to help enhance sustainable practices within your organization. Be a business that works for the earth with your host, Tabby Jane, CEO and founder of EarthSelf, bringing a nature-centered approach into organizational management. In episode 26, I spoke with Elizabeth Darth, chair of the 2050 Climate Group, to find out how they're leading a social movement by engaging, educating and empowering Scotland's future leaders to take action on climate change. Today, I'm speaking to Angelica Conco. Angelica completed a graduate development programme with the Forestry Commission Scotland, a prestigious training intense scheme for individuals with the potential to become future leaders. For the past year, she worked as a policy advisor and has recently been appointed a visitor services manager at Glentress Peel Visitor Centre in the Tweed Valley Forest Park, a mountain biking mecca and prime example of forest based tourism. She studied a BSc in Environmental Protection at the Jagalonian University in Krakow and an MSc in Ecotourism at the Edinburgh Napier University. Both of her final projects explored the ecosystem services approach, first for biodiversity conservation in urban ecoparks and secondly for the development of sustainable tourism. She completed the International Academy of Challenges of Sustainable Development and was involved in developing ecotourism activities in Poland and Iceland. She's also an associate member of the Institute of Chartered Foresters and a member of the world-leading 2050 Scotland's Youth Climate Group Young Leaders Development Programme. Welcome, Angelica. It's great to have you on Sustainable today. Hello. Hi, Tabby. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me to contribute to your project. Oh, it's a, it's a pleasure. So tell me, first question, why does the Forestry Commission want to get more people out into the forest and into nature? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Uh, firstly, I think people need to realise that National Forest Estate, so the part that we manage, uh, Forestry Commission uh, manages, is publicly owned. So those forests are yours. Um, this is this amazing natural asset, you know, that is owned by people of Scotland. And uh, that's why, you know, it's the first and foremost reason why we want, would want to encourage people to use the forests and woodlands and go out into the nature. Um, but yeah, the forests can deliver um, multiple benefits, you know, so they contribute to the economy through supply of timber and employment, um, to the environment by supporting biodiversity, and to the people themselves, you know, because um, being the largest provider of outdoor recreation, you know, is just a great place for relaxation, for exercising, um, for discovering wildlife, but for many it's also a place of work. Um, so I think that that's what makes forestry amazing because basically in the same area of land, in the same place, all of those benefits can be provided at the same time. Um, so it's kind of like, a, you know, true meaning of sustainability. So forests, you know, when they're managed sustainably, like they are on the National Forest Estate, they're basically a foundation of, of those pillars of sustainability of the economy, environment and societies. Um, and I think that's probably one of the many, many reasons why we'd want people to get out and about, you know, and explore the forest, just to uh, make them realize that there is just so many benefits of, of having, having those forests uh, in Scotland. Um, but I think, yeah, in this question, when I was thinking about it, I think, you know, there's uh, one in particular project that I, w- I would want to mention, and it's the one... Uh, of work of Forestry Commission together with the NHS. So um, it's called the Greening the NHS. 
Um, so I don't know if you if you realize, you know, there's some quite an extensive research in terms of, you know, how nature and outdoors and forests um, contribute to uh, people's well-being and, and health. And actually, I quite like that line of saying that even just um, seeing forests through the hospital window uh, can, um, you know, speed up a, a recovery in, pa in patients. So that's absolutely amazing. And I think, yeah, it's therefore yeah. a really tangible impact of, of nature on, on people and people's health. Uh, and also from, you know, a recreational uh, kind of angle, um, forestry is just absolutely amazing. There are just so many facilities. It's like, a, you know, you've got this gym, you know, um, outdoors. You can just get out there and, you know, go and cycle and you can run around, you know. You can um, actually participate in some sports competitions that are running on National Forest Estate. Um, just, yeah, plenty to do. <laughs> so um, I would encourage everyone, you know, who's listening to this to go and explore the, the nearest forests and woodlands to you. Um, you can find out about them, you know, through our website, forestrycommission.gov.uk. Um, and yeah, I think it just just try to try to understand, you know, all those benefits whilst you're there of, of woodlands to, to you, to the economy and to the environment. Yeah. So, I mean, what I love by your saying there is, yeah, there's this real practical element of getting out and actually going with the conscious awareness of going into a forest, especially one that's owned by the Forestry Commission and saying, technically, this forest is mine. Like, I own it because I am a person within Scotland, which, you know, is such an empowering sense, I think, especially considering that we're looking at all the land reforms and there's been all this, you know, the issues in the past of not knowing who owns Scotland, of being able to say, well, I'm in this forest and it's mine. And not only that, that my forest, and I'm going to use my, my forest is helping the economy, it's helping the environment, it's helping people, and it's providing all these resources such as, you know, helping people recover from illness, improve their well-being, but get out and get active and you know enjoy what Scotland has to offer yeah absolutely and as well that point of you know of, of being aware that this is your of this ownership I think that brings another point of you know of that responsible ownership of responsible access as well because that's that's quite a, an important point from the kind of point of view of, of working for Forestry Commission, you know, forests are a working environment. Um, so, you know, it's a place of work for many people. And um, so when you go out and about and, you know, discover that um, this part of the forest is, is, is actually really being worked at, then please adhere to the science and, uh, you know, just, just be responsible in, in your usage of, of the National Forest Estate as well. Hmm. And how does your background in ecotourism connect to working for the Forestry Commission? Yeah, I mean, as I've mentioned, the National Forest Estate is, is the largest provider of the outdoor recreation in Scotland. So, you know, it's basically an amazing place to, to come and learn about wildlife and learn about nature. Um, and, you know, I've, I've studied ecotourism um, uh, in Edinburgh Napier University. Uh, and, you know, there is probably no coincidence of choosing Scotland for, for this course because, you know, Scotland having having all those lochs and bends and glens, all the words that I had to learn, <laughs> you know, it's, it's absolutely amazing and has a huge potential for uh, ecotourism. And I was actually inspired to join the course when I was working for Scottish Wildlife Trust um, at the Falls of Clyde. Uh, which is n near New Lanark, and that's one of my favorite 
places in Scotland, it made me realize that, you know, because of all those tourists, you know, coming to see the peregrine falcons and all the wildlife badgers and bats and just to enjoy um, wildlife there, um, you know, it's, it's a huge potential for, for ecotourism, connecting, you know, that tourism bit with the passion for the environment. Um, but that's when I've gained also my um, change of certificate. So I guess that was kind of the first step towards the forestry sector. Um, and I feel like, you know, in forestry, forestry in connection with, with tourism, it really follows the, the principles of ecotourism. Uh, so there are kind of three main ones. So the education. So basically raising awareness of um, kind of environmental cultural awareness and um, conservation. So basically adhering to the rule of leave no trace. Um, and, and enjoyment, you know, just um, making the, the most of your visit in the nature. Those are the kind of principles that, you know, we believe in Forestry Commission um, that, that are the values that we want to follow. And those basically are values for ecotourism. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited, especially now, because I've been recently appointed um, a manager at the Glentress uh, Forest, where, where we've got a visitor center, and it's a place where very well known for forest recreation, especially for mountain biking. So I hope, you know, that uh, my background in ecotourism will help to promote and develop the center in this way. Um, and I think there's, you know, huge potential um, to develop, you know, forest-based tourism and uh, to be more responsible and to kind of educate people more about wildlife, about forests themselves, you know, about their contribution um, to, to, to all and provide provision of all those benefits. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that background in ecotourism really helps, you know, to kind of bring that realization that that forests are the pro- providers of, of recreation and you know tourism facilities as well yeah and I, I love that because what you're basically saying is that the values and the principles inherent within ecotourism are the same values and principles that the forestry commission is working to uphold as well yes exactly no definitely especially that part of education you know because i think that that's quite a, a big one and, and important you know we work hard with uh, communities and with uh, school children and you know older adults as well you know to trying to make them more aware of the environment you know that surrounds them uh, but also you know having fun you know that's that's something that people should should do when they go out uh, you know and about and explore forests and enjoy themselves and the time that they've got you know out in the nature because that's when the memories, you know, it's really meaningful memories and, you know, family time is spent together. So, yeah, definitely. So we've been talking there about beginning into the forests and they're good for recreation. You do a lot of education with children and adults and it's about having fun. But how can woods and forests benefit businesses? Mm. Yeah, I think that's a very important question because, um, you know, I think that, that the value of trees and woodlands, you know, it kind of remains largely unseen by the business. And uh, this definitely has to change. You know, I'm, I'm a big advocate of this um, ecosystem services approach or uh, the natural capital concept, as it's known uh, currently. So basically, pro- forests, you know, they provide a huge range of benefits to people. So from provisional services like timber supply or mushroom that I love um, through to regulation service, regula- regulatory services like um, c- providing clean air or flood defense. 
there are also supporting services, so say soil formation, um, you know, like nutrient circulation, and also those cultural services which which I'll be focusing on in my work, like ecotourism or, or well-being. Um, yet that value, you know, the, the value of those services is, is severely accounted for. Um, and I just wanted to mention, you know, that recently my colleagues in Forestry Commission England they have pub- published the first ever organizational wide natural capital account, which I think is it's amazing, and I think it's a it's a way forward and a way to follow. Um, and I would encourage everyone to have a look at that to kind of get the feeling of how much forests contribute to businesses and societies. Uh, and I believe, you know, Forestry Commission Scotland will follow this example as well. Um, but to give you some kind of tangible, you know, examples of how businesses can benefit from woods and forests, you know, say, focus on recreation. Um, I think, you know, if you think about um, the amount of, of Scottish businesses, tourism businesses that rely upon forests, you know, upon this this provider of recreation, you know, that surrounds them and brings business to their places, that's that's vast, you know, that's really really huge in Scotland. And if you think, you know, just to change from kind of more rural areas into into the urban areas as well, if you think about those businesses that are based in the cities, if they would encourage their employees to spend more time in like local green spaces and go to local woodlands um, for lunch breaks and, you know, just be out and about in nature. I'm sure, first of all, you know, their well-being would, would improve, but there is also a vast amount of evidence that productivity would, would increase. Um, and, you know, lastly, when you think about timber itself, you know, there are so many businesses that rely on this crucial natural resource. Um, so I think there are so many ways that, that forests and woodlands, you know, benefit businesses that it's quite, I could talk about it <laughs> for quite a long time. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, in our sector, there's quite well known, um, kind of statistics that, you know, forestry is worth a billion pounds to the Scottish economy. But in reality, you know, if all those unseen, unaccounted for benefits have been included, that, that's just so much more. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, one billion already sounds a lot, but it's even it's relating to those businesses who maybe aren't directly using forests as part of their their business, but reminding them, well, the timber, the paper that you're using, the fact that you've got clean air and even breaking it down to getting your employees outside into green spaces is going to make them more productive, which is all going to be better yeah. for business. Yeah, exactly. And quite important one as well, you know, in the recent climate, you know, think about flood prevention, you know, of, you know, planting trees uh, just for that sole purpose, you know, it's the, the easiest, the cheapest solution, you know, and I think that's that's hugely beneficial for, for you know, businesses and societies and communities. Yeah. And I mean, that, that 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 makes me think because I stay in Haddington and the River Tyne there is noted for flooding. And I'm just reflecting on how how many trees aren't around the river and how many businesses have ended up being flooded or put out of business because, the, the you know, that's not been implemented. And it's it's looking at, well, how could you get more forests in there to prevent the, the rivers from flooding and really destroying yeah, your business? Yeah, and I think... Yeah, I think that connection just has to be made between between those ecosystem services because that's basically what they are and the businesses themselves, you know. Because valuation in itself is quite difficult, you know. It's a concept that many, you know, struggle with. But just being aware of that connection, I think that's quite important. Yep. So who do you most admire and why? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that question that everyone struggles <laughs> with. <Yes. laughs> 
Uh, and honestly, it isn't easy to think about, a, you know, one person that you would want to put forward and, you know, and give that responsibility of, you know, you admire that person, you want to follow the path. Uh, so I kind of tried to, you know, approach the topic a bit differently and, you know, think more of like qualities and, you know, type of traits that I would, I would, you know, that I admire and I would want to follow or, you know, develop or retain in, in my in my personality. Um, so I thought, you know, I kind of made a list um, of of three kind of key 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 qualities that I, are quite important for me. And the first one, you know, on the list was curiosity. I think that's that's hugely important for for people to have that in in themselves. You know, that ability to wonder about things that surround you. Um, you know, maybe because I'm very much, you know. Um, very passionate about nature and the environment and you know I studied chemistry as well so I'm kind of a type of a digger you know go low down 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 and try to explain things how they work and why they work like that I think that curiosity was you know the top of it really topped my list and the second quality was um, well it's kindness but it's also being open and considerate of others and by others I don't mean only um, fellow human beings. It's also about, you know, uh, wildlife and, and nature. So being kind and, and, and considerate of, of what surrounds, uh, surrounds you. So I think that was the second. What was the third? The third, oh, yes, the third one was um, fun. <laughs> the third one was being able to laugh and, and maintain that silliness uh, in your life, you know, because I think that's hugely important. I think, you know, being able to, to have distance to yourself when, when you know, um, difficult situations kind of you know approach you in life and so on it's 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 very important and um and then you know having those three qualities you know i kind of looked at them and i thought oh my god <laughs> basically you want to remain a child forever because <laughs> <laughs> those three are like the essence of of you know when we were kids you know when we were children we were curious we were kind to others and we just wanted to have fun and i think you know that really made me to realize you know that this is what I what I admire. I think that child, that kid, and every person that I meet, you know. And if you if you make that effort to maintain it, maintain those qualities in you, um, yeah, that's that's good. And I think please do not let it, you know, let it go and don't grow up. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I I like it. Is there anybody that embodies those qualities then of curiosity, kindness, and fun in one particular person, or is it just generally that you admire anybody that possesses those qualities? Yeah, I knew you were gonna dig dig deeper. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought, you know, I kind of made a list of people that I would want to, you know, put forward if I had to. And I think the the one that really stands out for me is uh, Jane Goodall. Um, but I think that's, you know, first of all, because of her work, you know, for conservation and, and peace as well. Um, but I think it's also because she's an ethic just basically an epic female role model and I think that's very important as well to have female role models as well because it's constantly we hear, keep hearing about you know very you know um, uh, important men as well you know but, but I think it's quite important for young girls to, to, to know those role models that are females and yeah Jane Goodall for me is definitely one of those yeah, yeah, she's done a lot of amazing work, um, a lot of amazing work with, um, is it 
Is it gorilla? It's not gorillas. It's chimpanzees. Isn't chimpanzees. It? It's yeah, chimpanzees. chimpanzees. I think yeah. When I was studying, I come across her book on chimpanzees of Gombe, and I think that really has taken me. Uh, you know, it's it's that connection of of research. You know, being close to the environment, that curiosity about the other species, but as well as making that relation with with human beings. That's yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, how has being part of the forestry commission impacted the way in which you live your life? Yeah, I mean, I could take that question in different, yeah, from different angles because it definitely has impacted me hugely in terms of um, what I do now, you know, what I'm focusing on. Um, you know, probably my friends would call me a tree girl now because <laughs> um, I'm really became really, really passionate about um, forests and woodlands, you know, and, and that awareness, the sheer awareness of, of the complexities of issues, you know, connected with the forests and, and trees and woodlands. It's, it's very vast and, you know, you can spend your whole career learning about it um but i think there's one you know kind of tangible impact from it um you know through forestry commission i got informed about this um 2050 climate group which is the uh, group that is basically like a youth group um of people uh, who are interested in in fighting climate change in scotland and they've got the young leaders development uh, program and so I'm part of it and I think that has hugely um, influenced me in what I do and how I live my life and being more aware of, of sustainability and um, for example you know we had events on on travel or like on energy on on food recently as well so it's learning about all those aspects of a daily life you know that are very important and I think for example from that um, travel event um, I'm b- very much aware of, about my travels, you know, and I think it's really important to reduce it as much, well, the flight travels as much as possible, which is quite hard being, you know, foreign, being from Poland myself, um, you know, and when you're going home and so on. And that, that really made, made me aware of the impact that I'm making on the planet. And I think, you know, I'm now looking into supporting uh, kind of offsetting campaigns, which I know isn't isn't the best solution for it uh, because you know the first approach is to reduce it as I say but I think just being more aware of it and also like switching switching to green energy providers and um, you know I've, I've tried to become vegetarian which is here yeah, it's really really difficult when you come from Poland <laughs> which is basically a meat-based diet you know uh, every day uh, but I've tried and I think yeah I'm kind of I kind of failed 100% being 100% vegetarian but what I'm doing is um, for reducing meat and when I'm eating out definitely not you know choosing vegetarian food then so that has impacted me in that way um, so it's yeah through a connection from Forestry Commission you know became part of that group but, you know, working for Forestry Commission and working with really amazing people, you know, some are just <laughs> oh, weird and wonderful, I'd call them. Um, you know, having that confidence from them of what you're doing, that it is important, you know, that that confidence has um, really kind of grown in me. So I think that's probably the impact that I've got from working in Forestry Commission. Yeah. And I also love that you've mentioned the 2050 group because I have had Elizabeth Darth, the... <laughs> the chair of the the 2050 group. I just interviewed her last week and I've also had um, David Hogg talking about his hydrogen project over in Fife and um, Richard Dreiber from Changeworks talking about um, the stuff that Changeworks does with its its approach to recycling. And, you know, as I said to Elizabeth, what I love is like you guys within the 2050 group are just really getting out there and really committed and passionate and clearly making a difference and establishing yourselves as leaders, which I just find is completely awesome. 
Yeah, we're basically just taking over. <laughs> no, well, the group the group is absolutely wonderful. There's so you know, so many inspiring people on that group and I learn from them every day. You know, we've got our kind of uh, communication channels, you know, through social media and, you know, on a daily basis and it's just really, really like practical, you know, aspects of daily life that we discuss and, and you know, and that's how it should be. Mm. Excellent. So what resources would you recommend for organisations that want to become more sustainable? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, basically, first of all, use more timber. Because <laughs> this is, you know, this is the, the most sustainable material that you can use, you know, in, in construction and, you know, choosing your furniture and in all aspects. You know, if you've got a choice between something else and timber, you know, go with that. You know, it's, it's the most sustainable material. And through work, Forestry Commission works on this campaign on uh, Wood for Good. And I think that that's, that is an amazing campaign and, you know, kind of encourages um, to use the wood and construction sector, you know, which is a huge, huge sector. And I think if, if businesses, you know, could realize, you know, could follow that example, that that's really good. Uh, but also, you know, it's it's not only using the, the timber, it's also using the, the good wood. So basically the, the, the timber that has been uh, certified. So there are different uh, forestry certifications uh, mechanisms, you know, and they are basically, you know, a monitoring scheme, you know, kind of monitoring um tools for tracing labeling timber um, and you know those products you know that come from the forest uh, it's hugely important that they are certified because basically forest forest management you know the, the way you manage forests has a huge uh, impact on on communities on environment on land itself you know soil and so on so I would encourage everyone to to use timber but the uh, sustainable one and, and, and certified uh, timber. Yeah, and I, I, I like what you said there, the wood for good, because again, we've got so many stories of what's happening with deforestation and trotting, cutting trees down. And what you're saying is, well, actually, if we're producing it in a sustainable way, it's actually a really good thing to be doing. It's, but it's, it's making sure that we're doing, doing it in a way that's helping the planet, not destroying yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think there is this concept of, you know, cutting trees as being bad, you know, and actually it isn't. It is only bad when, when the trees aren't replanted. When you replant forests, you know, we basically manage forests in a sustainable way. That that aspect of, you know, of having timber supply, it's hugely beneficial for the economies, for the societies. You know, when you think about the employment, when you think about the environment as well, you know, managed woodlands are so much better as habitats that, that those that, you know, are left, you know, those planted left unmanaged uh, so yeah I would encourage everyone to use sustainable resourced wood <laughs> Excellent so earlier on when we were speaking you mentioned how New Lanark is one of your favourite spots in, in Scotland but what is one of your most favourite memories of a time or place in nature and why? Yeah um, I was so glad with this question because it really made me think about the you know kind of childhood and the memories of, of the time that you spend outdoors and so on and I couldn't decide. I've got really two of them that are, you know, one of my favorites. And um, first one was uh, the one when I usually, you know, I, I was uh, raised in a city. Um, so, but most of my holidays uh, are spent out and about, you know, in the countryside. And quite often I went with my parents uh, camping, which is kind of wild camping, but we had a caravan. So it's, yeah, half house. And we basically spend our time at this um, uh, lake site, which I wanted to say loch site, <laughs> becoming Scottish here. Um, so yeah, we were we were fishing with my uh, stepdad for for eels, 
And yeah, one of my favorite memories is basically cleaning those eels, you know, with my mom, you know, in this uh, lakeside and, you know, camping there and, you know, uh, strolling around the woodlands and picking mushrooms and going there with this empty huge bottle, you know, to, to get water from the local stream. And I think that's one of my really, really um, favorite memories. And I think um, probably supported by the fact that I have really nice photos of, of those holidays as well. So, yeah, the memories kind of live list thanks to those photos. But there is also the second one, which I think I, I kind of want to bring out um, because, you know, just just to show the importance of the green spaces in the cities. Um, so basically, I was raised in the city and most of my time after school, you know, I would spend with my neighbors, you know, playing in a, in a local kind of small park, you know, I would, I would say. And there were, you know, and there were trees there and there were people walking dogs and so on. And we were, we were playing um, all sorts of different games. And I think that time, you know, spent outdoors after school, it, it was very important, you know, for, for my development, you know, for kind of social skills. And, you know, we were basically climbing trees and calling them different names and we would have a tree that would be called a castle or a horse I think um, actually thanks to that question that yeah, I brought brought those memory back to life memories back to life and um, there was one tree that we've called a shadow of the of the setting sun I think how imaginative was that <laughs> so yeah I think that time you know that playtime with my neighbors um, after school that's yeah second favorite memory <laughs> oh, that's awesome and I, I still love climbing trees to this day I mean it's it's one of my most favorite activities to do when I'm out in a forest <laughs> yeah me too me too too, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, how how wonderful is that? I think you know we would ask a lot of people, and they would they would say that you know climbing trees was 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 one of their you know favorite activities whilst being kids. So um, yeah, it's a shame that nowadays you know children don't do it as much. And yeah, if you're a parent. And I would encourage, you know, everyone, get your kid out. <laughs> yes, definitely. Let so, them climb trees. <laughs> yes, yes. My, my, my sister dis- despairs because I take my nieces and I'm doing tree climbing with them. And she's just like, oh, my God, you're going to have them falling. And I'm like, nope, it's OK. Teaching them how to do it safely so that they're going to do it anyway. And they're just going to have fun. And I mean, they do. They absolutely yeah. love it. Absolutely. And if they fall, they have to learn how to stand up. You know, that's all about that. (laughs) Metaphor for life. When you fall down, you've got to get back up. (laughs) So how have these childhood experiences influenced and impact your own commitment to sustainability then, Angelica? Mm-hmm. I think that that deep connection with nature, you know, through my holidays um, when my parents are, you know, sort of playing outdoors with my neighbors, I think they had kind of established were the fundament for my uh, for my passion for the environment, you know, and for for wanting to learn more about outdoors and about wildlife. And I think that kind of what brought me on that path of 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 exploring, you know, um, the environmental kind of sector. But you know, through that, you know, I've learned a lot more about sustainability um and i think you know that that was the link you know being being outdoors being you know allowed to spend a lot of time outdoors and you know having holidays there have created that connection you know kind of deep connection with nature and and that uh, will to learn more about it um and you know sustainability for me is basically making that appreciation and recognition of the nature that that um, you know, we we need to make. So I think probably, yeah, that's the connection that I would make. Excellent. So last question, what advice do you have for anyone who'd want to consider a career with the Forestry Commission? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the career in forestry commission or forestry sector itself, you know, it's just wonderful. I mean, the sector is so diverse and I think that's one of the problems, you know, when people think forestry, they think, you know, muddy boats and, you know, you just have to work machines and stuff like that. And it isn't, you know, it's such a diverse sector, you know, I mean, you've got that, you know, it's 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 also the, that work. But if you're not interested that much in, in the outdoors, you know, you can work in the lab, you know, you can be a scientist, you know, you can work um, as an engineer, you can work as a policy advisor, as I've been currently uh, doing in my role, you can be a manager, a planner, or, or a forester, you know, there's just so many, so many roles in the sector that people should be aware of. Um, but it's also, you know, from my kind of aspect, it's it's the type of a responsible career, you know, or a green career. So basically, you know, that's one of those that you, you can feel, you know, that you're making a positive contribution um to the world's environment and you know kind of economic issues as well um so i think you know consider forestry as part of it um and it's also you know the kind of best time for getting into forestry is now because basically the sector is growing and it's really growing pretty fast uh, there is a huge um um, forecast in, in, in the increase of timber harvest. You know, we've got those um, planting targets from Scottish government. Uh, there's also an aging workforce in, in forestry sector as a whole. So, you know, there will be plenty of opportunities for young people to join forestry. Um, and also, you know, just to give an advice on, you know, both, yeah, yeah, okay, I would like to join forestry, but how to do it? Uh, I think, you know, from my perspective, volunteering is quite a good way in, you know, through my work with um, Scottish Wildlife Trust and then volunteering with them, I've gained a chainsaw certificate and that was really kind of an enabler of getting more and more into the forestry sector. So, you know, Everyone should try volunteering, you know, uh, with, there are so many organizations. Um, or consider, you know, studies uh, in forestry, because uh, I, I regret I didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely, definitely. There's so many things that you could do if you want to join forestry sector. Yeah, well, that's great. And it's just bringing back to anybody who's listening about it, you know, and recognising the value, like you're saying, this is a growing industry. There's an ageing population of workforce. So, you know, there's lots of opportunities for young people. So if you've got kids who are excited and passionate about the outdoors, then this is a great way to explore. But also, even as part of, I would say, employee engagement programmes or what organisations can do, I mean, they can get out and they can volunteer for some of these organisations as well and get that benefit of giving back to the community engaging in more in sustainability and bringing in the benefits of of as you said getting out into green spaces giving back and then receiving because you're more productive in the workforce yeah and it's yeah it's also a hugely rewarding career you know in itself you know there's it's it's basically a career people have to um realize that you know we've got um chartered membership uh, opportunities with the institute of chartered foresters you know and there are uh, there are vast opportunities for you know developing once you're in you know it's just such a diverse place um and you know you can try out uh, different things as well um, so I would encourage people to join and, and explore <laughs> Excellent, well that's great, thank you so much for your time today Angelica Cheers, thank you very much, enjoyed it a lot Thanks If Angelica's childhood lakeside holidays or tree climbing has inspired you to get outside, find out more about how to deepen your connection to nature at www.thenatureprocess.co or if you want to bring nature into your organisation, check out EarthSelf at www.earthself.org. 
As always, if you or someone you know would make a great guest on Sustainable, please get in touch. Next time, I'm speaking with Ian Thompson to find out how you can use accounting to become more sustainable. Enjoyed today's episode? It only takes a few seconds to share with a friend or colleague. If you want to talk more about the ideas in this episode, then come join us on the Sustainable Podcast Community Group on LinkedIn. New episodes of Sustainable are released on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Subscribe now on iTunes or SoundCloud.